We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everyone and welcome back to another thursday edition of a pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day my name is nick schmitz and i am your host back again after being off last week, which I'm sure was uh, uh, very joyous for Jacob. I don't know about Maggie. Um, I know Jacob always likes to give me a hard time about uh, not uh, not liking to do a podcast with me, even though I know he loves having me on this show. So uh, it was great time off. Uh, hope everyone had a great Christmas. Hope everyone had a good New Year's. Um, and of course, we're all starting the new year off in great fashion, given that Green Bay has one game left to play in the regular season. It doesn't matter. They have the number one seed locked up and the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC runs through Green Bay for a second year in a row, which is just I know we're all elated. And for me personally, as somebody that grew up in Minnesota, it, there was no better way to lock up the one seed for me than to just watch Green Bay absolutely stomp the Vikings. I have many friends that are Vikings fans that, um, you know, they're just, well, we, we won't get into the that. Worst. We won't get into the, the worst. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. They, they are the worst. Uh, you know, it's, it's a weird dynamic bears and Vikings. I, I, we never include the lions in this like hated rivalry, which I guess you have to be somewhat good. And I think everybody at this point just feels a little bad for the Lions. Uh, but, like, my sister-in-law, she grew up near Milwaukee. And for her, it's she absolutely cannot stand the Bears. Like, she doesn't like the Vikings, but she really can't stand the Bears. And I guess it depends on where you kind of grew up. If you grew up in Wisconsin, it's almost like it's right down the middle. If you live on the western half of the state, you don't like the Vikings. If you live on the eastern half of the state, it's the Bears. We can all agree that we hate them equally. Um, but, you know, there's always one that just gets you a little bit more than the other one. For me, it's the Vikings. So it is great to be the number one seed again. Maggie, no Jacob tonight, so we don't have to put up with his antics, which is which is always, <laughs> always good when we don't have to put up with his antics. I, I wanted to start by asking you, a question and it kind of got ruined by somebody in Chicago who is a Bears fan. So shocker that that's happening. So I had come up with this question 
uh, last week that I, and it's really just trying to educate myself on it, mostly because I just don't understand it, um, which is everybody's been talking about the MVP. And right now it seems that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP for a second straight year. Um, you know, Tom Brady is, you know, still in the discussion and Jonathan Taylor is still there. I know some people have said Cooper cup. I think he's probably a pretty distant fourth, but for me, like it's always been like when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last year, I was like, that's great. Like wonderful that he won the MVP, but like, ultimately I don't really care. And there's a lot of people that, you know, and I, I and this is why I'm trying to find out why. And you can also let us know on Twitter when you listen to this. Like I, I'm genuinely curious. Like there's a lot of people that are very passionate about you know, and it's for every team. It's not unique to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers right now. Everybody wants their player to win MVP. But like I just like I don't understand it because like for me, like if if Tom Brady won the MVP this year, but the Packers won the Super Bowl. Like I, 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 that's where like, I just lose the disconnect. So Maggie, maybe you can educate and speak to me a little bit. Like, is there a reason why people are so passionate about their, you know, in our case, specifically Aaron Rodgers, but for just fans in general, like why the MVP and why that award, as opposed to any other award that might be given out? I mean, I think it's the prestige of the award itself, the same way you could look at like the Associated Press and how they give out all pro, whether you're first team or second team all pro. I know a lot of a lot of players have like incentivized contracts when you're talking about the Pro Bowl, but that tends to be something that the fans vote on and it's generally more popular players. So there's a lot of players that don't necessarily get the recognition that they deserve until they're on like a second or third contract and they're more of a household name. So I think the big deal with the MVP especially in Aaron Rodgers' case this time, is that only one player has won it more than three times, and that's Peyton Manning, who won it five times. So Aaron Rodgers is looking at, you know, kind of moving into some really unprecedented territory if he does win a fourth. Tom Brady has three, Brett Favre had three, Unitas had three. So it's just kind of that that element of this is something that will really put him into a category that there's really nobody else, you know, outside of Manning that's ever been able to do that. So I think it's just that kind of aspect to it where this is something that, I mean, now, of course, the, the voting is kind of ruined when you hear the reasoning for people that or how they vote for certain players. But, you know, if you're looking at the production on the football field, I think that's why it's so significant the same way that the AP winning that all pro is a little bit more significant than maybe like the PFF all pro. And fair enough. And I mean, you know, people can be passionate about many different things. It's just something for me personally, like, again, like I said, if Aaron wins it, great. But I would gladly, as a fan, I would gladly trade all of his MVPs for a Super Bowl <laughs> trophy this year. Like, I know he wouldn't do that. And like, I get it from the player perspective, like from Aaron's perspective, I totally get it. It's about his legacy. And as you said, you know, he'd, you know, be the second most MVP awards, you know, behind Peyton Manning, which obviously for him is a big deal. But just me as a fan, like I go into the season, I'm like, all right, I want them to win the Super Bowl. I don't <laughs> care how many awards. I mean, and I guess the other thing is like, it feels like you could make a really good argument for like you would want your team, like you'd want the player on your team to win the Walter Man or Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year award because that, I mean, that's a you know, community wise, that's a great award to win. But anyway, we're not going to spend a whole lot more time on it because uh, I mean, 
let's be real, you can turn on any radio station around the country right now and hear as much MVP talk as you want. But uh, so we'll, we'll pivot a little bit here, Maggie, to uh, something uh, semi-related to the MVP. I thought this would be kind of fun to do. Um, we're doing things a little bit different t- today because normally I uh, would be discussing uh, some of the upcoming game, but with it not meaning as much and well, anything actually really at all for, you know, standings wise. Uh, and with the fact that we don't necessarily, we know the starters are going to play, but we don't know how much. And, you know, I'm sure some of them will be resting. So we'll talk about it a little bit, but with all the MVP talk, we'll exclude Aaron Rodgers from the conversation here, Maggie. So excluding Aaron Rodgers, who would your MVP of this team, this Packers team for this season be besides Aaron Rodgers? So this is really tough. And I think you could give it to a handful of players on the defensive side of the ball. I think there's a couple of players that maybe would be deserving of it on offense. But for me, I'm going to go with Devondre Campbell. And I say that because, you know, the Packers are one of the only, actually, I think they're the only team in the NFL right now that has missed less than 100 tackles. You know, they're the best tackling team right now in football, and that's huge after, you know, the the playoff games of 2019 with the 49ers and then seeing their performance in the NFC Championship game last season. You just feel more confident in this defensive unit as a whole under Joe Barry, and a big part of that is that confidence in the middle of the defense, which is something that's been severely lacking for a number of seasons. And it's always kind of been the position that they've tried to fix, whether it's a vet or draft picks. So the tandem of Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes is really nice. And Devondre Campbell just brings not only a leadership element to that defense, which they have a number of those players already, but, you know, we saw even against the Vikings, the number of tackles he was making just open field right in the middle of the defense. And that's an element of the defense that was gashed repeatedly in previous seasons. So I think if you're talking about just the impact that they've made all season, he would be one of those players that you could point to as the MVP. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and I saw some stat, and I probably don't have it exactly as it was, but he there was something that he was like targeted 11 times Sunday night uh, in coverage and gave up eight receptions, but it was only for like 21 yards. So basically, you know, they and I'm sure most of them were checkdowns, but I mean, you know, we've watched many times, as you've pointed out with, you know, linebackers. Yeah, you throw the check down and then the linebacker misses the tackle. And that check down, which was, you know, a three yard pass is turning into a 15 yard gain, which, you know, Devondre Campbell hasn't done or, or has prevented that, you know, that from happening. So um, I, you know, I think it's interesting that because we're both going to pick defensive players because I would give it to Rashawn Gary. Uh, and the reason I give it to Rashawn Gary actually goes back to the the first time we played the Vikings, which, you know, we when Zadarius went out, I mean, we all know what he is. And we're all I know we're all really hoping that he'll be back for a playoff push. And the reason why we're hoping for that is because we know what he can be. And Preston Smith has played really well this year, played much. He's played much better this year than he has last than he did last year. And. You know, when Whitney Merciless went out with the bicep injury, that was kind of a big blow. And I go back to the first time the Packers played the Vikings in Minneapolis when Rashawn Gary didn't play in that game. That was the the I think the only game he missed with the bicep injury uh, or the the uh, elbow injury, rather. And you could when Preston Smith was the only one on on the on the field that you could, you know, reliably count on. I mean, you saw the big difference. Like I I personally believe that in that Vikings game, that if Rashawn Gary had played it, if he was healthy, I don't think the Packers would have lost that game. I think he would have created enough pressure uh, to make a difference in that game. And it's something it, it, for me too, it's just been the elevation of his play. He's filled in for, you know, Zadarius who clearly, I think we could all agree at this. Well, maybe, at the start of the season, we all would have said, who's the best pass rusher on the team? Everybody would have said Zadarius, I think, without without question. And to see Pre- – uh, not Preston, all these different players here. Um, to, sh- to see Gary's uh, growth over, over the season and just the impact that he's made, um, you know – we're at the point where it feels like the pass rush is actually kind of predicated on uh, Gary and Preston Smith staying healthy because, you know, once one of them goes down, there's, there's a pretty big drop off. And so I think he's been a big impact player. And one of the things they kind of pointed out too in the broadcast Sunday night, and I haven't, I don't watch film like everyone, like everyone else on this podcast (laughs) does. I don't watch the, uh, and break down film like most other people do, but they pointed out that he, you know, he's also been a lot better and more sound in the run game uh, as well. So it's not like he's just purely a pass rusher at this point. He's, you know, he's stepping up his game uh, in, in, in run defense as well, but just, you know, the impact that he's made, especially in the absence of Zadarius, um, 
Rashawn Gary would be would be my my MVP of this team, which again it speaks volumes too of what Joe Barry has done. That we've said, all right, well, clearly we're going to exclude Aaron because he would be the MVP of this team, and immediately both of us were picking a defensive player, and that's you know nothing against Devontae Adams, AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones. I mean, there's there's a lot of good players on this team that, like you said, could have could have won the award. But I mean, I mean, in years past, we would not probably have been picking people on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which is which you know again speaks volumes to to what Joe Barry has done and you know what what these guys have been um, have been able to do and produce on the field. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a testament to to. Um, Gutekunst and the way that he has drafted players, you know, with your pick or the way that he's brought in free agents, even if you look at, you know, he wouldn't win the MVP regardless, but Dennis Kelly and the impact that he's had coming in for an injured Billy Turner, Rasul Douglas was somebody that I was really toying with picking, even though he joined the team in October already leads the team in interceptions with five has two pick sixes. Um, He's just put himself in some really elite company, even in like franchise annuls, which is so funny because you know, we don't even know if he'll be on the team next season. Um, but, you know, when Jair was lost for the season, or at least for the bulk of the season, we're hoping he's able to come back for a playoff push. That secondary got really scary because you were relying on a rookie and kind of an unknown commodity. So the fact that both of them have kind of maintained their own little island to an extent and they've played really good football, just, you know, you're looking at the potential for this Packers front office to win executive of the year. You could have Matt LaFleur win coach of the year. And then if Aaron Rodgers does win the MVP, just, I don't think it can be understated how impressive this season has been. And I think if you asked many of us in May and June, what the roster look like, this would be kind of. I think I may have lost Maggie here. Do I have you back here, Maggie? Yeah, did you? Right, I, I mean, I was, you froze for me. So. Oh, so it was me. All right. I, I, <laughs> it was my end then. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully we got everything in there. But uh, yes. Uh, so just, you know, a lot of what Gudekunst has done uh, over the years, uh, you know, like you had mentioned with drafting and bringing players in, um, you know, they've done great with what they've had. Um, and there, you know, it's one of the things too, that, you know, just speaks volumes of the coaching staff and the front office in the sense that, you know, they've made moves where they've needed to, but they haven't been, you know, you know, when the big splashy moves, uh, you know, failed, you know, OBJ being one, Stefan Gilmore being another, like, you can be like, Oh, well, that sucks. You know, those are good players that you could have had on your team, but you know, how do you respond with, cause ultimately at the end of the day, you know, you've got to work with what you have in front of you and you know just because you don't get the the high profile name doesn't mean that somebody like a Rasul Douglas or Devondre Campbell can't come in and play well because both of them have and they were both players that you know before the season started nobody else really seemed to want and you know given those opportunities they've they've made the most of them and you know it's it's worked out well for for everyone involved so um Another thing I wanted to get to here, Maggie, was um, NBC uh, at near the end of the game Sunday, they put up a list of um, six players that, you know, are going to potentially be back for a playoff push here. So we had Randall Cobb, Zadarius Smith, Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, Jair Alexander, and Billy Turner. And, I mean, I think we're reasonably expecting 
Billy Turner to be back for some type of playoff action. Um, it sounds like Jair is probably going to be, you know, ready to go, hopefully for the playoffs, maybe not this weekend. Um, Cobb, it sounds like, I don't think he's going to play, but it sounds like with him practicing that he'll be ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, and then Zadarius and Bakhtiari and Josh Myers, I guess are all kind of question marks um, at this point. But um, I was thinking about this. So you have six of these players here. If you could only have one of them to come back for a playoff push, Maggie, who, which of these six would you pick to to be back on the roster? And, and we'll say for the sake of argument that they're fully healthy. So you're getting a hundred percent of this player, you know, that's probably not fully what's going to be reality, but if you were to just pick one of these guys to come back for a playoff run, uh, who are you taking and why? Yeah. So to me, it's narrowed down to two and maybe you'll pick the other one, you know, we'll see, but I think I would end up going with Jair and I say that because, you know, for as good as Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes have played, you will always benefit from having elite cornerback play. You know, if, if Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas are playing really well and you can add Jair as, you know, your slot player for some of that, you can rotate those guys in or you can, you know, give Stokes some looks at nickel and keep Jair on the boundary. You just become more flexible in, you know, the nickel and dime personnel. We saw a little bit of Kevin King in dime on Sunday night, and I thought that he actually played pretty well, but I think you're you're then considering being able to give guys less reps and more meaningful reps and putting them in a position to be successful, the Chandon Sullivans, the Henry Blacks, the Kevin Kings, where you're not expecting them to play every down. So to me, having Jair come back and being able to rotate him in with Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes just gives Joe Barry so much versatility in the secondary and what he's able to do, um, even you know with his pass rush then, because he knows that the back end is covered. All right, so now I'm curious, who is the other one? The other one for me was David Bakhtiari. Interesting. So, no, my, I was I had it down to two as well. Um, I had Jair as one. The other one I would have taken was Zedarius. Okay. Um, and and I, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, and part of the reason why I would take Zedarius is because we've seen kind of the evolution of the game where you know quarterback is still obviously the most important position. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're probably not a playoff team. And then there's a lot to be said about left tackle, which is which is Bakhtiari, uh, you know, protecting that blind side of the quarterback. And then really after that, I mean, if if, you know, left tackle and quarterback are, you know, the two most important positions on the team, it would only make sense that rushing the passer, being able to take away those two really important positions would be the next most important position. And, you know, a lot of why I would pick Zadarius is, I mean, if you put Zedarius and Gary on the field at the same time and mix in Kenny Clark, I mean, that's that's problematic to begin with. And then put Preston Smith in there. That's really, a, you know, that's that's a really hard group of guys to contain and block and keep off your quarterback. And the other reason why I would take Zedarius over Jair is because if you can get pressure on the quarterback and keep a quarterback, you know, constantly wondering, hey, you know, how long do I really have to get the ball out, make them uncomfortable in the pocket? It then makes it much easier in the back end in the secondary. You know, if you have players that you maybe don't like necessarily as much or trust as much, their job becomes that much easier with all the pressure that that you're getting on the quarterback. So I would take Zadarius for that reason. Um, you know, pass rush was – 
you know, it's something that we've, you know, we've seen as a big deal, you know, all throughout the season. It's been part of the reason I think why this Packers defense has been so successful. Um, but I mean, when we're looking at this list of six players here, I think we can all agree that we'll just take all six of them and, <laughs> and, and go from there. Uh, that would be, that would be best case scenario because I mean, you, man, you'd have a pretty short up offensive line. Um, I know Randall Cobb. I mean, you know, I, I remember at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make. And, you know, in his absence, it doesn't seem like it's made that much of a, of a difference, but it also feels like he's made a big difference in the games that he's played. So it feels like there's not a lot of drop off with him out of the lineup, but it also feels like if you insert him back into the lineup, I mean, you saw in the Rams game, you know, looked pretty good. And it was, you know, it's nice for Aaron to have another player like that, that he, you know, has the the rapport with and that trust with. So, um, yeah, we'll just take all six uh, in three weeks and and we'll be fine. So um, what a couple of the things I wanted to get to here, Maggie. Uh, so I was listening to um, yesterday's show and um, they were talking about the starters playing this weekend. You know, how much are we going to see them? You know, who is all going to play? You know, Aaron says he's going to play. Devontae says he's going to play. It sounds like LaFleur wants to play all the starters at least a little bit. How much, you know, in total, you know, will they all play? We'll see. Um, but, you know, one of the things that Sarah had brought up that uh, was interesting was, you know, what do you want to see out of the starters when they're there? Because, you know, she was pointing out that, you know, you shouldn't just be going out there to go through the motions because it doesn't really help you. Um, and, you know, and she used the word productive, I believe it was, you know, offense to be productive. And because one of the things that she was, you know, alluding to was the fact that Green Bay, the past couple of games has gotten off to slow starts. You know, first quarter has been very slow for them the past couple of weeks. So she wanted to see them be productive, which I thought was a very a good, uh, you know, very good point, something they should definitely be doing. But I also had another thought of, well, you know, you use this time to be productive or would this be a good time since the game really doesn't mean anything to the Packers? Would it also behoove the Packers in some way, shape or form to maybe be creative and do things that, you know, in a, that they wouldn't necessarily do more like experiment with the offense and even the defense to experiment with things that you wouldn't maybe necessarily normally do in a game that you actually, you know, cared about and had to win you, you have that freedom now where if you, you know, experiment, you know, a, you know, a three offensive call play set that doesn't work. It's like, well, okay, big deal. You know, if it costs us the game, because it doesn't actually matter. So, I mean, wh where do you draw that line between, you know, wanting to be productive and maybe experimenting with things and maybe experimenting with things at this point of the season isn't necessary. I mean, maybe you're at the point where, you have you you do what you like and you, and you know what you do well um, but is there any room for experimentation do you think this weekend I think there is and I think you know if you've listened to the Rodgers and Adams and LaFleur pressers this season they do talk about some of that where they'll draw up plays maybe you know when they're working on red zone on Fridays and then they'll tweak things like you know if if Cobb runs a slant maybe they want him to run an out route instead or like something that they'll conceptualize so I think it's kind of an opportunity for them to test those elements where or you know you're mixing up maybe like who your ex receiver is but I don't think you know to 
in a in a grand sense they're going to get too creative because i also think there's an element of not wanting to put some of that stuff on film i think what the offense is and what the defense is at this point is is pretty set um i think you know i i agree with sarah from the the perspective of i thought the vikings game on sunday was the most complete game of the season in every phase i thought the offense didn't let up you know they could have put up 45 points or you know almost 50 points if you're talking about them getting into the red zone multiple times and not even kicking field goals at that point. So, you know, the offense didn't let up. The defense gave up 10 points, and one of those touchdowns was in garbage time when the game was out of reach. And special teams had its best performance of the season with Mason Crosby getting multiple opportunities to make field goals. So I think that, you know, I just don't want to see a drop-off. I would hate for them to come out against the Lions and look sluggish and have – you know, like a 14 point outing. And, you know, if, if that's because your starters played a quarter and then your backups took over for 45 minutes, then sure, you know, those things are fine. But I think when the starters are on the field, you just want to make sure that the unit is trending in the right direction. And it's not something that you're kind of reverting back to all of those fixes that you were making throughout the season or the problems that you had to solve. All right. And and I know, uh, I know they talked about it yesterday as well, but I mean, for you, the starters this weekend, you know, I mean, obviously it's going to be managed on kind of how the game is going. But I mean, in a perfect world for you, how long would the starters play this weekend? Um, if it's me, I would give them either a half or, you know, whatever a series felt like if you get your off, if the offense is hot and they score touchdowns on their first three possessions and you're up like 21 zero. I don't think there's any need to just start piling on. So I guess I would I would think of it from like a points perspective, maybe if you've seen enough from those drives to feel confident. But, you know, if, if the offense comes out flat and they don't score any points in the first quarter and then they put up 10 points in the second quarter, maybe you keep them out for a second uh, or a couple series in the second half as a way to just, you know, make sure that your guys are ready. And, you know, if, if you asked me, I think part of it, too, is I would just keep them in there until Devontae breaks that record. Because <laughs> that's the receiving yards record, correct? Yeah, he's only 22 away from breaking Jordy Nelson's. And for everybody that you know doesn't like that he's doing it in 17 games, he's technically not because he missed a game. So this would be done in 16 games as well. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> although the counter argument would be in a 16 game season, he would have just lost that game. But yes, he is still doing it in 16 games. I know that's the big thing with Cooper Cups uh, going after uh, Calvin Johnson's record. Um, but, uh, we're not here to talk about, you know, the lions or the Rams. We're here to talk <laughs> about the Packers. So, all right. Well, last thing, Maggie, before we, uh, before we wrap up today, uh, I, I wasn't here last week and, uh, and the week before, uh, you were not here and Jacob and I did not do the green and golden segment. So we're going to do that again today. So for those of you that are not familiar, this was started this is going to be the last time I explain it because I'll have explained it twice now. Um, so for those of you that are not familiar, my wife is a huge Mason Crosby fan, and this all started after a horrendous day, ironically, in Detroit that uh, we all remember from what I think it was 2018, where Mason Crosby could not make anything. And uh, we were all very mad at Mason that day. And so Annie, uh, my wife, came up with this great idea where she said, every team just needs a person on the sideline with a puppy. 
And like when players like Mason have bad games, they just, they get a puppy and a hug. And so that's where it started. And it evolved into uh, we na- naming the segment green and goldens. Uh, and so this is where we look back on the game from last week and say, who needs a puppy and a hug? So Maggie, who is your green and golden uh, going to this week? Uh, see, this one is really tough because pretty much every element of the Packers team has, you know, worked really well. I don't think there's too many people that desperately need a hug or a puppy, but I'm going to give mine to Jordan Love. And I'm going to say that because he got his opportunity to come in and play and he had the most vanilla offense possible where they were just trying to burn out the clock. So instead of getting his moment to come sling it a little bit and, you know, try for touchdowns, he scrambled. He looked really good in some of those opportunities, but I'm going to give my puppy to Jordan Love because he just didn't get to have fun in the offense like you would have liked to see. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, I wonder if some of that maybe had to do with the fact that at that point they knew the number one seed was locked up and they knew that he was going to for sure get reps this week against Detroit. Um, Although I guess, you know, we'll see how much the starters play. But um, I'm going to give my uh, green and golden to David Moore because he came in as the punt returner. And now, granted, the bar was set very, very extremely low. Like it was probably on the ground. So all he had to do was step over it. Um, But special teams has sucked all year and he has a great game. And then Monday lands on the COVID list. And granted, he'll probably be back. Uh, you know, for the, well, I don't know if he'll be back or not for this Sunday's game, but if they keep him around, he, you know, he should be fine for the playoffs. But I mean, you know, what terrible luck just for the team to have somebody come in and then actually look good and then immediately get put on the COVID list. So that was, that was kind of a bummer for me. So he gets, he gets my hug and a puppy. Uh, this week for coming in, doing great at a position the Packers have been terrible at, and then, you know, maybe not getting a chance to prove himself again this weekend before going into the playoffs, which would be really nice. I'd really love to see him on the field again this weekend against Detroit and kind of, you know, maybe prove that it wasn't just a one game thing with him. But again, like I said, at this point, the bar was set very, very low. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of competition for him there. Um, so we'll we'll see how that all unfolds. But uh, Maggie, as we wrap up here, um, we do it every week. But and I, I'm sure people are very well aware at this point of how they can find your work, uh, where they can find you on Twitter. But uh, real quickly, just let the people know where they can find your excellent work and where, how they can follow you on Twitter. 
Yeah, so if you just follow me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, I write for She Said TV, and I also am part of the Pax with She Said podcast with Perry Goldstein. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can have access to all of those other things as well. All right, wonderful. And uh, I am on Twitter at producer Nick LB, although, um, you know, I, I started it like, what, a month ago, and I thought it was going to be fun. You're going to burn I- out. It didn't take long. It took like, it took like a week and a half. And like, it's now for me, like I literally just like, I check it for like news sources real quick of like, you know, Hey, who's on the Packers COVID list this week? Like that, that's literally, and then it's like, all right, I'm done. I don't, I don't, I don't need to, uh, to scroll through anymore. So I'm not as active as everyone else would be. And I mean, quite honestly, the only reason to to follow me on Twitter would be literally actually to follow Jacob and my wife as they just, you know, they, they did this thing before when I was on Twitter where all they would do was mock me. And that was like their favorite part of Twitter. Um, and people in turn enjoyed that. So really just go follow them instead of me. But uh, well, thank you, Maggie, for uh, going without Jacob today. Uh, it was <laughs> nice to not have to put up with his shenanigans. Um but uh, we we uh, we miss him, and I'm sure he'll be back next week for the playoff push. And uh, yeah, next week's going to be a great conversation because we'll be looking at nothing. Because that's right, we'll be one of two teams in the NFL playoffs <laughs> not playing a, a a game. So that is that's always awesome. So um, thank you everyone so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the content. And also, I will be checking this. It's something that I've been trying to do. I, I I'm having my wife do this for me. But if there are things about me personally on the show or just things you would like us to do it's new year's you know everybody makes new year's resolutions and you know try to do it but if if nothing else we we always want to try to be better at this uh how can i be better how can the show be better so let us know on twitter if there are things you'd like us to to do uh segments that you would like us to do segments you would like us to get rid of uh things you would like us to get rid of i'm i know jacob's not going to listen to this and he's going to just uh, he's going to say me we should just get rid of me which is fine um but uh always looking to get better so uh let us know on twitter if there's uh, something you'd like us to see, do better or just do in general. So uh, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Enjoy a what should be a stress-free weekend of football where you still get to watch the Packers. It's not like the bye week earlier in the year where there was no Packers football. It is stress-free weekend of Packers football playing the Lions and maybe winning a 14th game in a season, which I don't think the Packers have done in there have they ever had a 14 oh yeah they had the 15 one year never mind i'm an idiot (laughs) forgive me so with that thank you so much for listening everyone and as always go pack 